Welcome, welcome to our playoff edition. Super wild card round just ended. Headed into the divisional round here with Jacob here. Lots to talk about. A good week for uh, Sick uh, Sports Injury Central. A lot of good things to talk about here. And a good weekend in that relatively few injuries. But uh, welcome everyone to the show. We'll chat. <coughs> about some fun things. I think Jacobs has some questions for me and otherwise. So welcome to the show. Yeah, fun times. It just uh, seems so abrupt. We got 30 injuries, 30 teams of injuries a track, and then all of a sudden there's just eight left. It's tough to get to the, yeah, the micro know, level in each, each thing. I think the NFL either stumbled onto or engineered an interesting situation. Christmas Day used to be NBA. And this year, it became NFL with the holiday on right. Monday. Martin Luther King Day used to be NBA. And the NFL put two games. One was Monday night to begin with. And then the Buffalo game got shifted with weather. Two games on Monday, Martin Luther King Day. So the NFL has taken away Christmas and now MLK from NBA. <laughs> And that might be a recurring thing. I don't think it was that bad to have two games Saturday, two Sunday, and two Monday. And MLK Day is always about this time period. So maybe that's the new tradition. Three doubleheaders for Super Wildcard Weekend. Uh, I kind of like the, the balance. What about you? Yeah, it's funny with the... You hate to give them what ifs, but if the Dolphins win week 18, then that whole Buffalo situation doesn't happen because Buffalo doesn't host the game. So I think the NFL yeah, didn't mind uh, I would argue it wasn't week that situation. 18. <laughs> I would argue it wasn't week 18. It was the game against Tennessee that they were by a couple touchdowns in loss. I would argue yeah. that was the week <laughs> that cost them the home field and ever. Because if they beat Buffalo week 18, sure they host, but they host Buffalo again. Right. It's hard to win back-to-back. Look, it wasn't back-to-back, but ask the Cleveland Browns in Houston. They played in week 16 in Houston, went back in the wild card and got hammered. So yeah. uh, uh, it's NFL's tough. NFL is, uh, is, is tough. Um, and uh, as I would say, from my time in the league, Jacob, teams would look very hard when they scout the other team at the last week and the last four weeks. At the time, it was easy, right? It was a 16-week season, so into quarters. And the goal would be internally for an NFL team, win all your games at home and split on the road. That would end you up at 3-1, and 3-1, 3-1, 3-1, 12-4. Pretty good. Right. Of course, the goal is to win every game, but that's the, the, the bottom barrier. Split on the road, win at home, and to go 3-1 and one, one every four weeks right? Every four weeks, every quartile of the season. And uh, I guess I say this because if you, one of our by health sick picks was Tampa plus three, but if you took the last four weeks of the season and looked at Tampa and looked at the Eagles, instead of the Eagles that went to the Super Bowl and started 10 and one before going one and six, well, the yeah. six meaning this last night's game as well. If you took the 0 and 4 and the basically 4 and 0, <laughs> took the last four weeks of the season, <laughs> would have had a different 
outlook, but by injuries and, and so forth, Tampa was the right choice. And so we got that one. The easy one was what Miami and their linebackers missing uh, in the cold. And yeah, uh, the Rams kept Chiefs it close to cover. And Houston, yeah, Houston against Cleveland. And thankfully, we stayed away from Dallas. They were slightly the healthier side. <laughs> that was uh, quite the uh, quite the deal. All right, let's get into it a little bit here. Yeah, I got notes for the division round matchups, but I want to start with some uh, some head coach vacancies. I know it's a little forward looking, yes. but there's a ton of uh, ton of. You guys laughed at me. I was joking around. I said, you know, when we were talking about Dallas and Green Bay, I said, you know, the parlay I want is, and I know it didn't exist <laughs> and you couldn't do it, was parlay money line Green Bay plus 300 to Bill Belichick, the Cowboys head coach, at probably plus 2,000, right? I mean, that'd be quite a nice little parlay. I don't think it was offered like that and you can't parlay like that, but those are clearly two linked events, right? And Look, McCarthy, maybe he keeps his job. Does anyone believe he keeps his job? Uh, the players do. They're throwing their weight behind him a little bit. You see little leaks coming out in the media that they're, he's still popular in the locker room. So I don't know. Maybe it's a last-ditch effort. Well, I would argue this. Have you ever heard of a draft not going well for a team right <laughs> after the draft? Especially not a Jerry Have Jones draft. Have you ever draft. heard of a surgery not a surgery not being successful right after it happens? Have you ever heard of a trainer, athletic trainer, or workout person who doesn't say, "My client is the hardest worker or the <laughs> quickest healer"? Um, it's kind of like you're. It's the right thing to do to show support for your coach. Yeah. And if you're going to be negative, you're not trying to kick dirt on the guy's grave. Yeah. So if you don't have anything nice to say about McCarthy, I think all those people stay quiet. And he does, and it's not, he's not that he's not liked. I mean, you know, Jerry's not the most patient guy in the world. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, I joked, I was just joking when they were getting killed late in the first half. I said, and they panned to Jerry Jones. I I, guess, I don't know if it's funny or not. It's like Jerry Jones trying to figure out how he can get Bill Belichick to coach the second <laughs> half of this game. <laughs> Got a lot of uh, play, but we'll see what happens. Look, I think the interesting one is Nick Sirianni. Yeah. Too. What happens He's got to be on the hot seat. I'm not sure. Yeah, not sure, not sure. There's a lot of merry-go-round uh, going on well, right now. Bill Belichick interviewed for the Falcons, yeah. and that was released during the game, right? <laughs> yesterday harbaugh interviewed with the chargers yesterday apparently Monday. i think that's the only interview he's done i think that it's leaking out that there's mutual interest and that's the only interview he's done so be it be an interesting fit i would love to see jim harbaugh with the chargers um all right so uh look the chargers have a good team i think they've got the players I don't think Belichick's going there, but the last three head coaches they've had had no head coaching experience. So I do think that they're going to look at someone with head coaching experience. I think they want Harbaugh if Harbaugh wants them. And if not, I don't know that it's Dan Quinn. Could, is it too wild to say Pete Carroll? I don't know. I mean, Pete Carroll still wants to yeah. coach. 
He's got a great track record in the NFL. He loves LA. LA loves him. And, uh, you know, in a competitive sports market like LA with all the different teams and movie stars, who doesn't want Snoop Dogg on the sidelines? <laughs> <laughs> Pete Carroll, but I don't know. I think they want Harbaugh most. Um, full disclosure, uh, I know Jim pretty well. And I like Jim. And I will say it right now. Sorry, Jim, I was wrong. When he was with the Chargers and, and otherwise, you know what he wanted to be when he, quote, grew up after football? I don't know if people know this. No. He act, actively said in the locker room, in the training room, that he, when he was done with football, he wanted to be a head referee. Wow. His player <laughs> to be a referee. That's what he wanted to do. Now, I don't know how long-lasting it was. And obviously, he's gone on to some great success. He, he's, you know... The, the quarterback room at uh, Raiders, then head coach at USD, University of San Diego, then Stanford, then 49ers, then Michigan. So he's been a very successful head coach and never been a coordinator, right? which is interesting. But I have to say I was wrong. Having known Jimmy, I wasn't sure that he'd be cut out to be a head coach. Dead wrong. He's been successful. And I think the difference is as a head coach, you're more CEO than vice president of manufacturing or vice president of sales, you know, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. I'm just saying he makes a great leader and a CEO and look at Michigan, right? Uh, and uh, yeah, he's been very successful. So I was wrong when he was playing and not to denigrate Jim. I think he's great, very competitive. If you want to hear those stories, we'll can talk about him. <laughs> But I just missed it, right? Obviously, I'm not a good – I would not be a good team owner. <laughs> I would have missed hiring Jim Harbaugh. He's been very successful. Now I'm all in. I, I, I think Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers makes a lot of sense for Jim, makes a lot of sense for the Chargers. You know, keep Kellen Moore on the offensive side there for Justin Herbert makes, makes a lot, a lot of sense, uh, et cetera. Yeah. You could argue that's the the vacancy with the best quarterback available. I mean, he did did a lot more with a lot less in San Francisco. So, it'd be interesting to see if he could step in and uh, get Herbert the right. Yeah, and, and so I, I've known Jim for a while. I, I'll admit I haven't talked to Jim recently, except maybe at Super Bowls, running by Radio Row, et cetera. But so I don't have any insight if he's coming or not. But I think it's a good fit. But Jim's Jim's very competitive. I, I first met Jim when I was an underling resident physician in Chicago. And he was a young quarterback in Chicago with the Bears. And Northwestern, where I went, took care of the Bears and participated on some stuff with Jim. And then Jim uh, ends up with the San Diego Chargers, right? You remember that. And uh, I still remember, I think it was like, I'm dating myself here. I think it was like 1999. You can Wikipedia look it up. Uh, when I started as a head team physician for the Chargers, I was the youngest. I don't know if they even keep stats for this, but the youngest head team physician ever. I, I'm quite sure I was tagged as the interim, right? And then, all right, you did okay. Maybe we'll give you a year, right? I mean, that walked into the role. I was who. I don't know, Antonio Pierce is trying to be, right? The interim and in, in getting the job or, or, or something. 
And there was always one player on the team older than me. Well, that player left. And I was like, okay, my streak is done. No big deal. And then we got Jim Harbaugh. And I still remember it was the UCSD training camp. We're in the UCSD uh, locker room and training facility where training camp was when I saw Jim again for the first time had a conversation and he remembered Chicago days and we chatted. And then I said, wait, I, I came to, and then we talked about, you know, where I came from a little bit and the Chicago days. And all of a sudden we got into a discussion about, wait, how old are you? Right. <laughs> and I said to him, and he says, how old are you? That's 35. And Jim Harbaugh said, I said, Jim, how old are you? He goes 35. And then Jim says, when were you born? <laughs> <laughs> And I said, uh, uh, March 64, and he didn't say anything. And I, and he, I said, what about you, Jim? He goes, December 63. And I'm like, oh, I got you. Then. And he goes, not by much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, you know, <laughs> I guess a player doesn't want to be older than the team dog, yeah. I guess. But it was funny. And then we joked about how we both agreed that if we were born on the same day, we'd be asking each other what time, <laughs> you know. But I did run into Jim, pseudo run into Jim, one time between Chicago and him being with the Chargers. It was in San Diego. He was quarterback with the Colts. And it was the weekend. I get a phone call from our head athletic trainer for the Chargers. Hey, uh, the other team needs an x-ray. I'm like, okay, for what? I mean, what happened, you know, something happened at walkthrough practice, you know, the visiting team, the visiting Colts. Uh, yeah. And it turns out it was Jim Harbaugh. It was the famous, Jim's talked about this. So this is not HIPAA or whatever. And it's been out there. It was on Dan Patrick. not that So apparently the story goes that Jim Kelly called Jim Harbaugh soft for his injuries. And, and Jim like not having it and Jim Kelly was part of the broadcast team where they come and interview the, the teams and whatever so Jim Harbaugh apparently seeks out Jim Kelly wanting an apology or why are you calling me soft when my kids read this and this is not the case and as it turns out uh, Jim Harbaugh took a, Jim Kelly didn't apologize Jim Harbaugh took a swing yet right I mean and apparently he broke his hand and he didn't play that Sunday and he missed some time. Uh, but so that was the interim Jim Harbaugh competitive again. You got called soft and he was going to man to man with him and, and the whole deal. And I think that's the kind of, uh, I don't think people see, everyone sees the fieriness of Dan Campbell, right? I think this is the side of Jim Harbaugh that people don't realize he's just as fiery. He, you know, he has this, who's got it better than us? Nobody, almost the, the feel good type stuff. But he's that competitive and that fiery. And, and I think his team sees it. He wasn't going to let Jim Kelly say something about him. And uh, my only question, I wish I would ask Jim this question, and I haven't asked him this question, but he broke his left hand. I find that very interesting. Is it because he's really that good both hands? Or are you saying, look, I'm not throwing a punch with the right hand moneymaker side. I'm going to do it with the left. And it still was enough to knock him out a little bit of time, but he broke his left hand. 
and that's been publicized. Too, so <laughs> no secrets. Uh, I find that very that might be a beast nominee, but yeah. not only for confronting a guy, but having the wherewithal to, to throw a haymaker with the right with the left hand, the author, <laughs> right? Um, but uh, what else can I say about Jimmy? I, I actually have some other really good stories about Jimmy, but and love him. But I might need HIPAA clearance to tell some of them. So I'll stay quiet. You know, even though in theory, believe it or not, statute of limitations on HIPAA, in theory, never, I don't know. I don't think they ever expire. And it's not a bad story. It's a, it's a good story. It's an interesting story. But I'll have to save that for another time because of HIPAA. But I will tell you that I did see Jim on more than one occasion quietly get into it with his offensive lineman. Like, what are you doing? Like, you know, come on, let's go. Like, <laughs> like one time, I think it was a play. I won't name the players. It's, it's all, it's just all the team shenanigans, but it shows. Yeah. I think aside of Jim Harbaugh, his fieriness, he's, he's Dan Campbell-esque in terms of how fiery he is. I think he got sacked and one of the offensive linemen's walking off the field and uh, he's looking up at the Jumbotron and uh, you know how you talk to the TV sometimes under your breath and he's like, come on, Jim, get rid of the ball. You know, like, you know, and he got sacked. And I think Harbaugh heard it and it was like, what did you just say? <laughs> uh, if, if memory serves me correctly, we didn't do so well that year. <laughs> that might have been the 1999 one in 15 year or something. I, I, I don't know for sure. I'd have to look it up. But Jim didn't back down to his offensive lineman at all. He's as fiery as they come. And I think in a lot of ways, that's what makes him a great head coach. He's authentic. This is who he is, you know, and Jim, Jim will do it his way now. I mean, uh, uh, and, and I respect him for that. So I hope Jimmy gets the job. I'd love to see it for the chargers. Yeah, that'd be great. The one, one uh, thing that sticks out from his time in the Niners is his handshakes. Cause he's got the, I think the pinky going the wrong way from getting caught in a face mask. I'm sure a million quarterbacks, especially older quarterbacks have those, but. Always struck me about this. Well, you know, Jim Harbaugh, right? You know, the 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 Jim Schwartz slap on the back. I mean, he's. I think people have seen the fieriness a little bit, but I got to give Jim credit for this. He does things his way. I mean, and if he believes in something, he's all in. He's going to do it. And uh, remember hearing a story about Jim from a good source that when he was at Stanford. I think it's a good source. I'm not trying to break news, but I'll tell the story like I heard it, right? And uh, I'll leave the names of the people <laughs> out just because why? Why go there? When Jim was at Stanford, he wanted a uh, bathroom in his coach's office, his head coach's office, instead of going down the hallway. And the way I heard the story is he asked for one, and who knows, administration, the AD, I don't know who said no. And Jimmy went out and got one of the donors that he was friendly with to, to come in and put one in, and he just did it. <laughs> Didn't cost school any money. <laughs> and uh, 
but that's kind of Jimmy's style, which I think players appreciate. Like, this is how he wants to see it done, you know, and he's authentic. But yes, he got his bathroom at Stanford, and uh, someone can fact check me on that and, <laughs> and uh, what have you. But that's the story that I've heard from behind the scenes uh, at Stanford when he was the head coach. Yeah, it was always fun to see him and Pete Carroll go at it. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we're not losing Pollyanna Pete from the coaching tree in the in the NFL. It's always fun to to have him out there competing. Yeah, but Pete's been. I gotta respect Pete. He's been very honest. He said this wasn't my choice. And uh, you know, if, how ironic would this be if Jim doesn't take the Charger job? Does it perhaps go to Pete? right? That would be interesting to events. Yeah, getting into. Uh, some some of the division matchups will go through the schedule. Texans Ravens is the first game. Uh, Mark Andrews returned to practice during the bye week. Uh, they opened his twenty one day practice window. Does that uh, leave an outside chance of the division round? Look, it's good to keep hope alive, but we said when it happened that we thought it was a season, and maybe if they got to the Super Bowl, there could be a chance, right? And initially. Uh, John Harbaugh was optimistic, and then he revised that. It's like, yeah, he's out. I wouldn't get too excited about Mark Andrews yet. Look, a partial Mark Andrews is still pretty good, but let's not get too excited about the practice window opening up. At this point, it's a why not decision. Per the timing of the practice window, you have to designate him to return in order to open up his three-week practice window to allow him to be on the practice field with the team to see how he is. Otherwise, you have to work separate from the team off to the side, just with the athletic trainers. And the timing of it is such as the Ravens don't need to make a decision to activate him or lose him for the season till after the AFC championship right. games. So it's a no-lose situation to just designate him for, to return a lot, see what he can do on the field, get some ramp up time and see how he's doing. You don't have to make a decision to put him down or to activate him for good until the, after the AFC championship game, when you've now made the Super Bowl, is when you need to decide whether to activate him or put him down for the year. So the timing of this doesn't necessarily mean he's ready to go this coming week. The timing of this is, why not? We got nothing to lose. So hopefully it happens for, for Mark Andrews. And hopefully we find a way to adjudicate and get rid of the hip drop tackle just because of injuries yeah. is all. Yeah, Isaiah likely has been a, a, turned into a favorite target from Lamar. So if they get there, it would be. Yeah, but imagine having both right, of that, them, right? That'd be I mean, frightening for a lot of teams. That'd be pretty. Yeah, but Houston is. Uh, you know, their D-line got a lot healthier. Their D-line sacked Blacko four yeah. times. And and we talked about from week 16 when Texans lost, there was no C.J. Stroud, Nico Collins with the calf. Nico Collins played well. C.J. Stroud came back to play well. Week 16 was concussion. Nico Collins played well. The D-line healthier. Houston's on the up here. And we'll see if they can give the Ravens a game. Yeah, Laramie Tunsil playing well through that groin and knee too. He had the little knee scare on the field goal, but yes. came back and looked like clean pocket all day for him against Browns. Uh, next game Saturday night, uh, Packers against the Niners. Packers, one of the healthiest teams, um, pulling off that upset over the Cowboys. 
Christian Watson did play, but wasn't involved really. Um, Jaden Reed didn't really do much, even though he led the team in uh, receiving. But they, I would assume, yeah, they're Green Bay. a couple Look, weeks better Christian, off. Christian McCaffrey full practice today. With uh, toe slash chest for Jaden Reed. Uh, a couple of defensive issues still for your 49ers. Green Bay is the healthier side. You know, is it the rest, the rest that will help the 49ers, or will the rust help the Packers? That remains to be seen. But, uh, yeah. Right. Uh, rest versus rust. That's doing. good. I mean, there's ways to knock rust off <laughs> in practice. He probably has done that. By injuries, it's a little bit Green Bay, but, you know, 10 points. Uh, I don't know that we have it Green Bay winning, but can they cover the 10 is the question. Two huge spreads on Saturday. I think it's nine and a half for the Ravens and 10 slash nine and a half at some books for the Niners. Uh, Buccaneers took care of the uh, Eagles. Eagles were on the downward slope health-wise. Buccaneers are the healthiest remaining team uh, to get a matchup against the Lions. Um, Sam Laporta played kind of a surprise for us with the LCL sprain. What did you see out of him in the wildcard round? I'll, I'll give Sam Laporta a, a mention or nod for Beast of the Week to come back from that hyperextension LCL posterolateral coronary injury and bone bruise and play. The good news is the brace works effectively, which is good, but he still hobbled around. He did a great job. I mean, uh, what I described Sam Laporta this week was another tight end in a big game, C.J. Uzama in the Super Bowl for the Bengals two years ago. Remember lobbying to play, made it back to play, two catches, 10 yards. Uh, Laporte did a little better than that, three catches, 14 yards, and that one touchdown, one-yard touchdown pass. You know, he surprised me. He did well, uh, and uh, he'll be a week better, but he's still going to have that big old brace on. I don't expect him to be 100%. No Khalif Raymond. We believe he's got a PCL. Jameson Williams wasn't 100% coming off his high ankle. Amon Ross St. Brown, special guy, right? So uh, we'll see what happens. Tampa is the healthier side. Detroit's got a lot of mojo and momentum. After all these years of not having a home playoff game, not winning, and now you get two in a row? <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I know they got their sights set high, but feels good to get that that one under the belt. Yeah. I'm sure for them, that was a tight game. Uh, let's let let's. I say this jokingly. Let's get Detroit to the Super Bowl and the Chiefs to the Super Bowl, and you'll have Taylor Swift on one side and Eminem on the other. And they can <laughs> maybe they can be the halftime show, and you know. <laughs> yeah, they'll jump on with Usher. That'll be great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, got our second healthiest match, second healthiest team, the Chiefs, against the least healthy team remaining, the Bills, on the Sunday night. Uh, Bills had another defensive injury, couple of them. Christian Benford uh, filling in the slot corner, and then Terrell Bernard, who's been huge in the absence of Matt Milano. So, uh, be nice for them to get one of those two back, but don't know if that's uh, possible. The good news on the, Bernard is a short week. Is, the good news is. Carted off an air cast, but no fracture, just a right ankle sprain. So does it give him a chance? Maybe. But, you know, a linebacker needing to go sideline to sideline, it doesn't bode well. Uh, we'll see what happens here. Uh, and that would hurt them, as you said. He's been good uh, for them. And they're still missing 
Jadavius White, obviously, and Matt Milano, and Russell Douglas is still iffy. Yeah. So two corners. And the Chiefs are the healthier side. Look, Rasheed Rice has got to dodge a bone bruise. I'm assuming he will on that left knee. But otherwise, it's just uh, uh, Brian Cook, the, the free safety for the for the uh, Chiefs. Everyone else in the Chiefs is relatively healthy. Uh, heck, they got a healthy Kadarius Tony sitting on the bench and active. Yeah. Yeah, they dodged a bullet with the uh, Dolphins linebackers being out, pass rushers. So wasn't a big problem for Mahomes. Probably similar thing for the Bills with no uh, no Matt Milano, Von Miller still getting back to 100% from his ACL. So we'll see if the Bills can bring the, bring the pressure on the Chiefs. Well, we'll see. I mean, if the Chiefs can get after him early, uh, I think where the Chiefs really get trouble with their tackles is when, when there's a chase. Yeah. You know, when, when the DNs can, edge rushers can pin their ears back. Right when they're still run past threat, I think it's it's better for the Chiefs. So we'll see what happens. But uh, Chiefs definitely are among the healthier, and the Bills are banged up defensively. And also Gabe Davis, Gabe Davis still probably on the iffy side for the game. Yeah, you can head to Sick Insights for all the updates throughout the week. We'll be on there. Practice reports all the all the way down to depth cornerback. It's it's that time of year, so keep key to track everything. Yeah, life is easier for the for the guys at Sports Injury Central, right? It's down <laughs> to four games. How easy is that? You can get them up early as opposed to 16. Yeah, drinking from the fire hose early on in the season, but nice nice that we get to the micro level at this point. So uh, let me ask you this question. Better celebration, terrible towels or the snowballs in, in, uh, in Buffalo? I like the snowballs. I got to give a shout out to the fans for even wanting to show up. I thought it was great that there's there's no assigned seats. Just shovel one out and it's yours. <laughs> oh, was that what it yeah. was? I didn't know that. Yeah, they said no assigned seats for the game. Clearly not a sellout in those conditions, but shovel one out and it's all yours. Do they have shovels there? <laughs> I think they brought their own. I think I don't know if you can get there without bringing a shovel anyways. I'm curious, but I, I missed that part. I mean, look, uh, here in San Diego, Padre games, I mean, you're you're not allowed to bring an umbrella, <laughs> right? Because it's a weapon and it gets in the way. But you can bring a shovel in Buffalo. That's pretty cool. So you shovel your seat and you can sit there. So you can have a 50-yard line seat. Yeah. Yeah. First come, first serve. Old school. <laughs> uh, the craziest video I, from the weekend, besides – Patrick Mahomes shattered helmet, right? Yeah. The craziest video is is the uh, the concession stands where the refrigerators were actually warmers. And so yeah. like like literally, okay. We talked about the Gatorade and the water on the sidelines being frozen for the players, right? We talked about that and how they drink chicken broth. But I'm sure everyone's seen this video now. They pull a water out of the refrigerated case and instantaneously you would see it just freeze up you know yeah and i showed it to my son you know davis he's 11 and he had an interesting comment he goes wow that's crazy right i'm like yeah that's crazy and you know what he said you can't even drink that water i'm like what he goes, <laughs> he goes you don't even have a chance to open up and quickly drink it because it froze from the top down <laughs> I was like, all right, you're right. But 
If you put you want some money back, froze from the bottom up, you drink it, your, your whole throat might be frozen. I don't know. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but he was like fascinated by it, but he came to the conclusion that like, do you get your money back? What happened? You can't even drink that water because it froze <laughs> from the top down. You don't even have a chance to drink any of it. <laughs> but the other thing is I'm amazed that the beer, all the pictures of the beer freezing yeah. in the cold because you know, there's such thing as a uh, uh, boiling point elevation and freezing point depression, like the extent of my cooking. <laughs> if the water is boiling over the top on the pasta, if you put a little salt in it, it tends to boil less, right? Because it's boiling point elevation. So it's greater than, than uh, uh, the boiling point then. And freezing point depression, salt water freezes more less uh, at lower temperatures than regular water, right? Freezing point depression, uh, but the beer still froze. <laughs> it wasn't water. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, from Monday night, I thought it was interesting that uh, Eli concurred with your Jalen Hurts opinion that it wasn't a wasn't a huge factor for his grip and throwing, but Eli had to had to get up and tape the fingers to to confirm that theory. Yeah, I stumbled into that. I was, you know, trying to figure out the streaming and, you know, stuff since we were in the war room and uh, stumbled into Eli, you know, at tape as well. You know, I didn't know what the effect of the middle finger would be. I got to go try this out. So I taped up my finger and I tried to hold it off the ball and I went in the backyard and threw some. And he goes, it's not that bad. I, I think I can do it. I was like, thank you, Eli. You're proving our point. But <laughs> you had to... Uh, to do it but i guess fair for him like he's never had that before so he didn't know so he had to go try it but they do you know obviously he's a football player i'm not he does it from the old school let me go try <laughs> it whereas i'm going from a medical perspective this is this is what it is and and you know it's actually we actually had a first this weekend and and the first was not uh eli manning this quarterback corroborating our finger stuff, right? I mean, that happened once before. Um, who was it? Uh, I think it was a couple years back. Again, you, you looked it up. Yeah, I think it was a couple years back. Uh, Joe Burrow dislocated a pinky, but was able to play through. And I think it was uh, Tim Hasselbeck, who I think has been on the pod before. Uh, I think it was Matt Hasselbeck. On, it on Twitter. I, I remember because we follow on Twitter. I like Matt. He did, does a great job. And, I remember seeing his tweet saying, I wasn't so sure what the effect would be. And I went out in the backyard at halftime and, and threw the ball without my pinky. And it's no problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's not the, the, the first time a, a top quarterback has vouched for our grip things. <laughs> but what I think was the first is our tweet and stuff got used on TMZ this weekend. Yeah, that is an interesting uh, topic in general is that Kirby Joseph, the Lions safety, is the one that caused uh, TJ Hawkinson's ACL tear as well as Tyler Higby with a similar type hit uh, going for the knee with it planted on a, on a catch. So uh, they grabbed our, our video from Tyler Higby and a lot of people talk about whether uh, it can't go high anymore, so you got to go low, I guess. Yeah, I know players say, I'd rather have you go high than go low at my knees, but I don't know. I mean, look, 
It's unfortunate. He caught him at the wrong moment. His foot was planted. I find it interesting. There's no discussion about, I didn't hear any discussion about, what if it was grass? Would his foot slipped out? But since it was turf, he tore up his knee. I I didn't hear any discussion about that. Hawkinson was on turf too, right? And and, uh, Tyler Higby on turf. But what do you want the smaller DBs to do? They got a big tight end running at them. You can't hit them high. You try and get them, hit them around the waist to grab them. They're going to run through your tackle. You don't want to hip drop tackle them. So you pull it low. I, I find it interesting that their defense was don't throw the ball there, you know, uh, kind <laughs> of thing. The, the whole, what Tom Brady was saying. It's, I think it's yeah. unfortunate. I don't know what rule change you make, um, you know, and, and I can't be sure grass would have made a difference. I mean, in terms of his cleats sticking and then causing all that force on his knee. But it's certainly not an illegal play currently, but something for the league to look at. It's just a shame because it's going to affect him for the start of next season. It's a big deal injury for Tyler Higby and TJ Hawkinson. So, um, but yeah, you guys showed me the TMZ stuff. I was like, what? TMZ? We didn't, <laughs> what do we do to get on TMZ? Anyways. Um, you did yeah, something so, bad, so uh, that is something good. <laughs> Uh, if you go back and look at the film from Patriots days, ACL, MCL for Gronk the same way, going low. Mm-hmm. In that case, they were coming more at him. But what are you going to do? Gronk's going to run you over, <laughs> you know. So you you go low, and unfortunately that happens. Look, there was almost a play that Patrick Mahomes got hurt when he got hit low in the knee in his front leg. But his foot, thankfully, was off the ground. So And I guess also technically it was on grass. But in any case – walked away with nothing. If his foot were firmly planted, I'm sure that that would be a significant knee injury, which is why quarterbacks in the pocket are protected, right? But I don't know how you can protect the guy running out on the field like that. It's uh, it's difficult, certainly unfortunate. Yeah, there's another one in the Lions-Rams game. I want to dive into it with a little bit uh, with you because you have some insight to the protocol and how guys get cleared. Uh, Matthew Stafford, a lot of people saw the replay that he – got slammed to the ground, the eyes went up. He kind of looked like he had the classic fencing response and then came to and ran over the sideline, clearly not concerned about his head, but his ribs more um, went in the blue tent and got cleared and came back to the game. People are on Twitter mostly wondering uh, how that happened if if they had uh, that replay as well. Well, all I can say is this. I mean, the it was in Detroit. It wasn't exactly a Rams fan trying to put him back in the game. Independent Neuro is not affiliated with either team, but they're from the Detroit area. I would imagine, if anything, they're swept up in the Detroit. And no, I'm not suggesting any doctor would right. be partisan anyways, one way or the other. But by rule, they're supposed to look at the video. My assumption is that the eye in the sky buzzed down. They looked at the video, they examined him, and they cleared him to return. And if that didn't happen, it should have. Right. And so I'm not sit, trying to sit here and second guess off right. that video, but that's why I always say maybe a doctor should talk to a pool reporter. They can say, was Matthew Stafford checked for a concussion? Did you guys see the video? And they can say, yeah, we saw the video. We didn't see it as rolling eyes rolling head. We saw it as this, that, the other. And we examined him. He was fine. Right. As opposed to leaving it in, in air. The other more yeah, clearly interesting he wasn't. one, too, was. Clearly, I'll just say, clearly he wasn't affected in the game. He came back and he was sharp and hitting all his throws. 
didn't look sluggish or lingering symptoms. So I think they did the right thing, clear and come back in. It's just the video is shocking for people. How do you get knocked out and not suffer concussion? Well, if he was knocked out, obviously he should have been removed from the game. Like, I don't know that I saw enough of the video, the eyes rolled back in the head or, or whatever people are saying. So it's hard for me right. to say. However, I also think there's some questions about, look, I've never seen a helmet shatter like that. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Never seen it. <laughs> I have seen, and Jim Trotter posted it, Fred McCrary, our fullback, used to have these big collisions with Junior Seau in training camp. And after practice one day, Fred had his helmet that had a little crack right up here. I mean, it was about this long, but clearly cracked. Yeah. It didn't shatter like this. This obviously had something to do with the weather and the brittleness of the helmet. But still, the helmet shatters, and everyone was so caught up in the wow. I thought it was interesting that there was no timeout. He was given a free timeout for the equipment change. <laughs> and there was no head check, at least not visibly right there then, right? Um, just observations, I guess. But I guess, you know, everyone's human. You've never encountered that situation before. It would, it would safe to say you can't let them play with that cracked helmet. Yeah. I don't know if you know this. Motorcycle helmets, after a collision, and, you know, obviously you hit the ground or you're in an accident, you're supposed to throw them away. They're single use in terms of collision. But right. helmets will get used again and again. But motorcycle helmets are, are it says right on there, they're single use. If you get hit, they don't certify the safety anymore and you're supposed to get a different one. Yeah, does a player use the same helmet all season? Are there ones that are superstitious about using the same equipment? Some players are, and you know, you got equipment guys, you can get it refurbished and checked and this, that, the other, but, uh, some don't care as long as it's the same model, they're good. Right. Some people like are fine wearing new pairs of cleats every game, as long as it's the same kind. Some like, oh no, I broke these in, right. You know, and I want to keep that, you know, so it depends on the individual player. Um, I remember, uh, back in the day, cause of the charity stuff that I did, I'm asking LT because uh, Ladanian Tomlinson had a unique face mask and the dark right. shield and unique helmet. I remember asking LT, you know, I'm going to, we were honoring him. I said, for charity for kids that so we do free surgeries and stuff. And I said, well, we're going to auction off your helmet. I said, I think it'd be wor worth more money if it were game used. Do you like, is this your helmet for the season and you want to wear the same one because it's broken in or whatever, or do you care? As long as it's the same model, you don't care if it's brand new, it's the same everything. And he said he didn't care. And so he's a guy who didn't care. And so we got game used LT helmets, like with a little chip, a little this, you know, <laughs> almost better, right? Uh, raise yeah. more money for charity that way. So he didn't care. But the interesting thing about Patrick Mahomes also, in terms of backup helmet, besides it being cold and he said it didn't fit, but Remember, it's got to have audio in it, too. Yeah. Right? The two-way, because the quarterback helmet's different. A beast of the week. Right. I had a... Anything else we got here? Between, I think that was it. Just uh, basketball coverage continuing. We're dipping more into that as football winds down. We have a little bit of extra time. So uh, 
head on over to our NBA page and you can get all the latest on returns of Ben Simmons, Chris Paul, etc. Perfect. And, uh, and as football season winds down, that NBA stuff is actually a, in some ways more actionable, right? Because one starter out is, you know, like four and a half starters on an NFL team. There's your cluster, right? Power forwards out, there's your cluster, you know? Just like we say, multiple yeah. offensive linemen or Miami, multiple linebackers out, uh, et cetera. Uh, Beast of the week. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Sam Laporta for coming back. I mean, Bills uh, fans braving it out. Uh, maybe. Chiefs fans. I don't know. <laughs> What's that? Bills fans braving the cold. Yeah. Bills. Let me tell you, Bills. Look, I like Buffalo and uh, Bills fans. Green Bay gets all the street cred. Oh, the stadium's in a neighborhood and you're parking in people's front lawns and this, that, the other. Buffalo and Bills Mafia. The only difference is there actually is a parking lot. But Bill's Mafia, <laughs> Orchard Park, it's houses right across the street. Lambeau Field doesn't even have a parking lot. Uh, Bill's Mafia at least has a parking lot, right? But it's literally in a neighborhood with houses. And uh, I was called Buffalo, sort of a poor man's Green Bay. A lot of character, great fans, the whole deal. Uh, a poor man's Green Bay. So, yeah, we can give it to Buffalo. We can give it to Sam Laporta. Uh, and uh, <coughs> lots of uh, chatter. I found that Jay Gruden uh, RG3 oh, man. Twitter feud interesting. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Love that RG3 doesn't pull any punches. He's uh, he's a great, great character in the media now that uh, <laughs> he doesn't let any comment slide on Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's lots of sides to that story all the way. Uh, I think I think you should put them on first take and let them debate it out. Or, or better, I like it. Pat, Why not? Pat McAfee, put them both on at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Let them have a discussion. I think that would be great. That would be must-watch TV, great absolutely. Movies, great TV. Let them discuss it out all right guys thanks for watching and listening pro football doc sports injury central podcast um divisional round coming up gosh it's starting to get separation anxiety for only four games this weekend what are we going to do and then the next weekend only two yeah oh my gosh separation anxiety here. <laughs> used to monday thursday saturday sunday yeah i know now it's all just two that, days all that other uh, stuff there all right, thanks for watching and listening. Give us a five-star review, please, at YouTube or your podcast place. Appreciate you. Go to SICscore.com for the developing news. Thanks for watching.